Well, hello there, Mark. How we doing today? Oh, Johnny, I tell you, this horrible daylight savings time gives me the miserables. <laughs> I love how we've already tried to do the southern drawl and fucked up the quote. Because it's 7 a.m. in the goddamn morning. <laughs> When you and I don't normally do uh, do our morning episodes, do we, Mark? It makes it more uh, unbecoming of a gentleman to start drinking at seven in the morning. So instead, I am forced to rely on the, some nice dark coffee. That's very true. Uh, very true. Well, you know what they say. Uh, those who podcast in the morning are likely to die from arterial sclerosis. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Welcome to Dang Old Podcast, everybody. I swear I am not going to do my crappy Louisiana draw the whole time. If either one of us dies from arterial sclerosis in like the next like year, I'm going to be very upset. Cause... <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Granted, I do eat like a southerner most days, so <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes, welcome to Dang Old Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about its goods and bads and highs and lows. We see if it still holds up. We see if we as two people who loved it as kids still love it as adults, and so far so good. But Johnny, you think we ought to just jump on into it, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, listeners, I have been looking forward to this episode for 66 episodes. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a good one. Uh, this is episode 66, A Beer Can Named Desire. We have an original air date of November 14th, 1999, and is written by one Jim Dotterieve. Uh, Debetrove. Dotrieve. Dotrieve. That's right. Dotrieve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a little little throwback for the rest of you guys for a couple episodes ago. Mr. Debetrove. Um, Mark, would you like a cast of characters? I would love a cast of characters. All right, so we see just about all of the uh, the regulars in this. We've got Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boom Hauer, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland. Wait, what? Bucks Do we really see Buck Strickland in this? No, no, we don't. Do we? No, no we, we don't. don't. Do okay. we? Do it's... we? No. Honestly, guys, I don't remember seeing Buck Strickland in this episode. I watched it yesterday, so, and I, I don't remember seeing him, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have introductions of Lily and Violetta uh, Dotrieve. We also have Rose Dotrieve. We have Aunt Esme. Aunt Esme! Esme! Um, we also have a cameo and voiced by the cowboy legend Dandy Don Meredith. And of course, Mark, who who am I leaving out here? Oh, um, well, the the two dudes in the bait shop or whatever, you know, they uh, they were pretty crucial roles. Um, <laughs> Creole Beavis and Butthead. That's <laughs> pretty much what every time I see that is exactly what I think of. Or do you mean the like the patron saint of this podcast, Gilbert Dotrieve? Gilbert Fontaine de la Tour d'Autriche. Oh, God, we're here yes, to yes, do Gilbert. Is... We're <laughs> already, already uh, a soft blue flame. To... <laughs> it's, it's just, guys, we only get two Gilbert episodes for the entire series, and they're both perfect. <laughs> they are both so good. I Yeah, like, per, yeah, favorite character of mine that, like, oh, God, Gilbert, we, okay, yeah. 
Well, yep. I think this week we need to reinstitute the geek beep because we're just gonna get like too horned up for just for just Jill Bear. Like, we absolutely have to. Um, it's he's just so fucking fantastic. Uh, Jill Bear is voiced by David Herman, the man, the myth, and the legend. It's probably my favorite voice that he's ever done. Is it really? Because David he takes Herman? the writing and morphs it. He's fantastic. Like, yeah. It's so good. And he's like the only guest star in this that is, a, he's a voice acting regular and not an actual legitimate famous person. Do we want to go through who all the, the voice cameos are before my synopsis, Mark? Um, yeah, let's do, do you want to do that or do you want to do it when we get to him? We can do that when we get let's, to him Let's well. do that. Let's, I, I think that's kind of how we do notes. that is. Sure. Well, uh, synopsis, Mark, uh, I've got two sentences here for you. Hank wins a contest from Alamo Beer that sends him and his family to Louisiana for a Cowboys game. Bill is reunited with his estranged family. Yeah, that's that's it. How about that? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm, I'm having a hard time here. Both of these are A stories. I'm going to say the legit A story is it's got to be Hank's because okay. it's Hank. And that's the, that's the plot device. That's how they get to Louisiana. But I think you would also agree with me that Bill's story is also the A story. I would say, given Hank and Bill's stories, that both of them are the A story. Yes, yes, I <laughs> would say that. Both of them are A stories. <laughs> um, awesome. So, well, A story. We our our Hank story is Hank, Peggy, and Dandy Don Meredith. Our B story is Bill, Gilbert, and the rest of the Dotree family. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Do you want to start with notes? You want me to start with notes? You start. I know that you're really excited, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, uh, Mark, the name of the episode is A Beer Can Named Desire. I know that you know what this is referencing, but our good listeners at home may not know if they've been living under a rock for the last hundred years. What's it referencing, Mark? Oh, some shitty play. Yeah, by some ridiculous, drunk, gay southerner, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which it if, is, if uh, we're uh, if we're pulling punches here the simpsons did a better version than the og version but yeah i i mean they just did oh streetcar and, and they've got otto and he's playing pablo oh man uh, obviously guys this is a streetcar named desire by tennessee williams mark and i being theater majors get to rightfully call him uh, an overproduced <laughs> ridiculous gay icon um the rest of you can't, though. That's just all right, because we spent four years and paid a shitload of money for a theater Yeah, that was a good choice. <laughs> it was a fantastic choice. It means that we're highly entertaining. Um, so, I have been told that I am very entertaining, so yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Good enough. Hey, we're at almost 1,000 people, right, Mark? Like 1,000 downloads? Or, we're getting there, and 1,000 people there. can't be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Well, I, I don't. we're not going to talk about the 2020 elections. Anyway anyway <laughs> um so uh, a lot of this this episode like i i had to do notes and stuff a lot of it is basically who are the people that are constantly being name dropped because this is a very very like name droppy episode so mm-hmm. uh, first off we have dandy don meredith uh he is voiced dandy don meredith by dandy don meredith so he actually showed up dandy don we're going to go to his Wikipedia page here, was a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He wore the number 17. He was born in Mount Vernon, Texas. He died in Santa Fe. So the fact that he says in the episode that he lives in Santa Fe was not a lie. But he died in 2010. Uh, okay. Let's see here. He was second team All-Pro in 1966, a three-time Pro Bowler, a Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor recipient, 
and he had his SMU, which is Southern Methodist University in Texas. He had his jersey number retired at number 17. His okay. all-town, all-time touchdown and interceptions are 135 touchdowns, 111 interceptions. He has uh, just over 17,000 passing yards and an overall passer rating of 74.8. That's Jesus, Danny Don did a pretty damn good job for someone that never won a uh, a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a couple more of these guys. We're going to bust on through them because I know that we even have some international people that don't give a shit about American football. <laughs> but you know what? We probably I have do. Americans that don't give a shit about American football. So, uh, Mark, Golden Richards. I-, I knew him briefly and he was a beautiful man. What do you know about Golden Richards? Anything? I, uh, so this episode is one of those ones where I find out that these people are named and then later find out that they're real, like I'm doing right now. It's like Kurt Bavakwa. It's like Chuck Mangione. Like, <laughs> Kurt Bavakwa. You could tell me that Golden Richards was a cowboy. It's like, yeah, all right, sure he was, whatever. Yeah, so I know, I know nothing at all. What you got for me? So Golden Richards was a wide receiver. He played for three separate teams in his career. He started with the Cowboys. <laughs> he was I... a wide receiver. He was. He was a wide receiver, buddy. That's why Gilbert knew him briefly. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, guys. Okay. I'm very that's, sorry. That's, very that's early. a highbrow joke for our listeners. Highbrow. Oh, man. Highbrow. <laughs> he started his career with the Dallas that's, Cowboys that's and won uh, Super Bowl twelve with them. And ended his career with the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry. I hope you guys like Simpsons references because you're going to get a lot of them today, I feel it's, like. I have to imagine. He played in 86 games. He had 122 receptions, over 2,000 receiving yards, and 17 receiving touchdowns. He only played from 1973 to 1980, and those seem like kind of lower stats. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't have any other really career highlights other than Super Bowl twelve, but okay, um, it's cool. He's oh, also from Salt Lake, so he's uh, more than likely Mormon. Okay, why was his name Golden? Is that a thing, or is that like his real name? Is that like uh, a? I believe uh, his his full name is John Golden Richards, so I believe he just went by oh. Golden Richards as okay. you know, as like a middle name thing. Uh, but yeah, he played college oh, yeah. ball yeah, yeah. at BYU and the University of Hawaii. So, huh. yeah, I mean, he, he went to a good school and all that sort of stuff. It was pretty cool. So that's Golden Richards. We knew him briefly. Uh, we have Bullet Bob Hayes. He is another American footballer. Uh, uh-huh. Born in 1942 in Jacksonville, Florida. He only played for two teams. He played for the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. He was a Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl six. So I believe that would have, would have been a Cowboys as well. Uh, two-time first team... All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in 1967, a three-time Pro Bowler, and a two-time NFL receiving touchdown leader. So, in about the same amount of time as Golden Richards, Homeboy had 371 receptions, almost four times as many yards at 7,400, and 71 touchdowns. God damn, all right. Yeah, he he was a tight end, too. So, like, way to go, Bullet Bob Hayes. Like... And that's why Gilbert did not know him. I, I, that probably. Also, uh, Gilbert is probably horribly racist, and Bullet Bob Hayes is black. Well, he was think, black. He died. He died I don't, in 2002. I don't know if Gilbert's racist. We'll talk about that. But okay. I mean, he. I'm. I'm assuming because he's from the Bayou in Louisiana, and he's affluent. 
Okay, I'm just, that's, I'm okay. just, I'm just, I'm just connecting bullet points here. <laughs> he may not be. Uh, all right. So last one we've got, guys, <laughs> is Lance No Pants Rensel. We're going to talk about the origin of his name, No Pants. Um, but his position was wide receiver and running back. He played on the three different teams: the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Rams from '65 to '74. Uh, never won a Super Bowl. He had 268 receptions, almost 5,000 receiving yards, 196 rushing yards. So he was a really shitty running back. A thousand exactly return yards and 42 total rep, total touchdowns. Um, Mark Lance No Pants Rensel gained his name by exposing himself to a 10 year old girl in 1970, and it stuck with him the rest of his life. Oh, bother! Yeah, so uh, I'm not exactly sure. Well, it's it continues to stick with him because I'm still calling him that, and he's still alive. I just had to double check that. <laughs> Um, not exactly sure what he was hoping to accomplish with that other than being a creep with a 10 year old girl, but Lance, if you're listening, let us know. We will have you on the show. You can have your 10 minutes to defend yourself. You can have your vindication. Um, okay. I've got two more and then I promise you. I'll let you get into your notes, but that's... <laughs> no, that's you're good, the, buddy. I'm, I'm loving this. This is great. That's the minutiae. I'm not going to get into too much more sports talk here. Um, other than the uh, Green Bay Packers, Mark doesn't watch a whole hell of a lot of sports. So I, I know that was a little painful for you, man. No, not at all. I like sports history. I like to know why these people are, are important. Like I said, I think it's kind of cool to get context for this. We know that Hank is a huge fan of the oh, Cowboys, yeah. and he drops these names like they're nothing, like everybody ought to know them. So... Oh, now everybody does know them. Well, and I have to imagine because all of these guys played in the almost the exact same time period. This has got to be the era that Mike Judge was like seven, eight years old and watched them. These were his heroes yeah. growing up because he grew up in Texas and these were the good Landry years of Texas that they actually won Super Bowls and were America's team. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Like it's it's a it's a time capsule of history that I was definitely not alive for, and I'll probably never see anything like that again. The closest thing we get is fucking tom brady winning every goddamn thing for the last 20 years because he's a baby who cheats yeah absolutely yeah. uh yeah if you guys like tom brady you can go fuck yourself <laughs> if you like tom brady shut this podcast off now and send us five dollars as an apology there you go uh okay so at one point hank talks about how bobby looks like the boy on the paint can dutch boy paints <laughs> yep. are a thing they're still around yes. and they still have yeah, the stupid are. little dutch boy on them <laughs> He is dressed like some sort of weird mix between a 1920s New York newsie and Oliver Twist. It looks so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And I think that's the point of Hank calling Bobby out. Um, and then I just did a, I did a little bit of research here, and I was kind of curious. I had to pick just a random college in Texas in 1999 because I was curious okay. just how expensive it would be to send Bobby to a four-year college. So I just picked A&M because okay. eh, to me, it figures Bobby would probably go to A&M. My all, like, all-time favorite Bronco is from A&M. Like, we'll call it good. Uh, $17,500 was a year of tuition at Texas A&M in 1999. Jesus Christ. That's what I gave for like all of my Adams, I think, wasn't yep. it? Like, I was going to say, I, I think that's about half of what I paid for Jesus. A, for my entire four years at uh, Adams. So Oh my god. Yeah, and I don't want to know what it, what it costs to go to AM now. If you do if you're and that's in state tuition, by the way. That was an oh in state tuition. So um okay, that's it for my notes. Go go for it, Mark. I feel like I've talked a whole bunch. Uh my third cup of coffee is actually kicking in, so I'm I'm surprisingly awake. 
No, you're fine. Um, number one, we've talked about a little bit in the past how we have certain episodes we're going to watch out for. Johnny, I think this might be our first Bill actually getting it in episode. Unless oh, you want to count Leanne Saga, but I don't want to think about foot rubs, so we're going to say canonically this is the first, even though we know really it's Leanne Saga, but whatever. Bill no, canon- is getting laid. I think, yeah, I think cool. Bill He's gotten, wants a pass he, on that, so. <laughs> You're allowed to, what is it, you drop the uh, you drop the lowest quiz score and that'll round out your grade, it's alright. <laughs> um, they definitely blew their animation budget, Johnny, do you know where they blew it this time? Um, no, inform me, Mark. Um, when Luann wins and they hyper-animate her boobs. <laughs> I have under prose my second line, bouncy Luann jugs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're bad boys today. I butt sex jokes and jug jokes. Oh, man. All right, here we go. And it's um, 8.20 in the morning. <laughs> uh, Johnny, if you were if you were in Mr. Dotrieve's, um we'll call it gardener's boot, so to speak, and you were tending this garden, which flower would you pick? Um, sh- I don't even know. Like, uh, now, Violetta, now. every time. Violetta, you, every you time. You would be Violetta. Now, now, my question for you, am I in Bill's exact situation, or do I just get to pick? No, no, no. It's, it's, it, you got carte blanche. Go crazy. I would, it would probably be Violetta. <laughs> I like Lily, too, though. <laughs> As long as we're talking about animated characters that we find sexually attractive. Um, I definitely side with Hank in his hatred of jazz. (laughs) (laughs) It's so Louisiana, and yet I'm okay with it. I hate Zydeco. (laughs) I love that line. I love Hank's hatred of jazz. Once again, we see Hank shaping the person that I will become later on Mm -hmm. in life. And then then finally... um, I've seen this episode probably a thousand times. Not a thousand. That's an exaggeration. But I've seen this episode a shitload. And I never got that up until this watching that Dandy Don was taking the piss out of Hank when he goes, like father, like son, huh? Like, (laughs) Hank is mad at Bobby for dressing like, well, because he's mad at Bobby for dressing like a weirdo. But Hank's all horned up to wear the, like, this dude's, like, nasty old skanky Cowboys uniform. It's like, (laughs) Right on. Because at first I kind of thought it was like, oh, that's cute. You know, like the boy likes to dress up. But I yeah. realized this viewing, it's like, no, he's kind of being mean to Hank. And I really liked that. I thought that was great. You want to know what my favorite car color is? What's that? Cowboy metallic blue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all it's good. It's a dumb joke I didn't need to shove in there. Oh, shove them in. It's fine. Uh, no, I was just going to say, this is one of those episodes where, like, I just sat and watched it because I was so... Gl- I was so glad to see it. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do some pros with the knowledge that we cannot get too bogged down in our pros. It's okay. I don't have any cons, so I'm going to spend a little extra time on the paragraph of pros that I have. Sweet. I can honestly say that I've never done it, but I've always been kind of curious if it actually works. Uh, I really want to see if I can drink half a beer in one sitting and then put it away the way that Hank puts away his and expect it to still be carbonated the next day. Hmm. Okay. Like I'm really curious if it actually works, if he's actually sealing in the carbonation. I'm just, you know, so I've always kind of been curious about it, but I also love, I love the attention to detail that Hank loves his beer so much. And even though it's, it is the equivalent of Miller fucking light. (laughs) Like it is not a good beer. It's Alamo, 
And yet he loves it so much that he's not even willing to pour it out and see if he won. Nope, I've never wasted beer, not even once. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, we already talked about bouncy Luan jugs. Uh, we're going to see more. You can of talk those about them and... more. Go for it. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice see... to not be the one who's like simping for Luan. So please, you go nuts, it's... man. <laughs> so it's just interesting to me that I think they uh, they use this animation and they perfected it so well that we will see it again, but like four times longer in Reemergent Virgin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when she is uh water skiing how do you do this i'm glad that they take the time to animate it though because like we, we talked about an um dogdale afternoon like one of your favorite little bits there or not favorite but like one of your bits that was beloved was dale riding up on the mason and like sitting there and idling and he's jiggling just a bit yeah like i really appreciate the realism and the animation of king of the hill God, it's and it's not all the time, but it's it's just enough to remind you, yeah, this is not The Simpsons. This isn't Happy Looney La La Land where Hank gets a new job every week. Yeah, like this is a legit show that you can actually get invested in. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it little moments like that, man. They're fantastic. Um, I like that Peggy gets all horned up when Hank's like, "Ah, oh, maybe I should just go for the million." <laughs> um, yep. Also, can I do a little cool animation note for their glasses getting entangled together, which is a very fun euphemism and also yeah, beautifully animated? Yeah. Like, fantastic. Um, I love... See, you hate the jazz stuff. What do you think of the weird, like, Louisiana um, accordion, weird bayou music that's going out throughout this episode? Because I love it. I am never going to seek it out, but I will not turn it off either. It's fine. Like, I'm never okay. going to, like be like, you know, doing research for two wizards or something like, damn, I could go for some Bayou accordion, but hey, it's whatever. <laughs> or it's, hey, maybe yeah. we do an episode in the swamps of Louisiana or something. I'm like, all right, time to get in the mood. Like, it's true. Um, I, you already kind of hit on this once, uh, but okay. really it was more in the fact that Bill gets to smash in this episode. I'm going to take it in a little different direction. It's really nice to see Bill succeed. It is really nice yeah, is. to see Bill get one in the W column for this. And we we got one not too long ago with him. Uh, what is it? Uh, Bills are made to be Bills broken. are made to be broken. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. But it really, it was it was almost very muted. This one, he gets a chance to, like, take it and run. Um, we get to see that Bill has unknown musical talent. He speaks an entire language that he basically kind of forgot that he spoke until he was reminded of it. Um, yeah. You see that he doesn't live in a tar paper shack. His family actually is affluent and comes from money. Mm -hmm. At least they did at one point. Uh, I have to imagine, like I've definitely looked before at how much it would cost to have a house like that in the middle of the Louisiana bayou. And I mean, you could find one for relatively cheap. It's just run, run down. But yeah, um, yeah. I also, <laughs> I also love, and for all you regular show fans out there, I, I hope. I hope that this prickles the back of your neck here. What is Bill doing, Mark? Ham He's ham boning. <laughs> it's, and he makes it look so normal. Like, Gilbert's just in the back doing his stupid little accordion thing with a cigarette in his mouth, just leaning like a, like a total dipwad. And, and Bill is just like, nope, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to ham bone for everybody. And I'm going to tell you, like... It's not a thing I'd ever thought I'd be entertained by, but I could probably watch a half an hour of Bill Hamboning. Okay, okay. Uh, Sundress Peggy's back, Mark. Yeah, she is, and I think it's funny because, like, ugh, dude, 
she is um she is eclipsed by every other woman in this, and I think that's hilarious. Uh, not hilarious, but just like man, it's I don't know. I I, I I really don't like coming down and just objectifying cartoon characters because that's not what we're here for. But God, the the Dixie chicks are hotter. <laughs> Honestly, Mark, I think they they brought Sundress Peggy back to compete with the rest of them. And she could not get it through that hole. She, like, pegged the side of it, and that was it. Yeah. I, I was I'm making kick- a reference to the football, not, like, a gross sex joke. <laughs> no, you're good, buddy. Uh, I am kicking myself. I had the opportunity about two years ago to buy a cell of sundress Peggy and Hank in the in the Cowboys uniform walking into the Superdome, and I never oh, bought damn. it. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. I am kicking myself because not only do this is this guys I'm if if it's not apparent already this is my all-time favorite episode but like I'm kicking myself that I couldn't own a piece of my all-time favorite episode let alone one that you and I have now consistently brought up like a costume we've consistently brought up for Peggy every time it shows up <laughs> Oh man um Oh man <laughs> I absolutely love the deadpan in Hank's face after Bobby says he wants to get some etouffee <laughs> that is the that is comedy genius right there like it is the absolute yeah. it's the perfect amount of time to show him deadpan before he throws the clothes out the window it's the perfect response from bobby it is the absolute perfect pinnacle of i have had it up to here with your shit this is ending now like <laughs> I, I don't know if i've ever seen hank be more authoritative other than when he tells everybody to get out of the uh uh, three-way friendship tube in the middle of the alley where he just says get the hell out of that rat hole but like he has never commanded more of a presence with silence than when he just just deadpans bobby after the etouffee line um i okay so i have one more here and it's okay it's something that that i it's a fault with a lot of other episodes or a lot of other TV shows and one that I appreciate about this show so much. And maybe this is why this episode is my all time favorite Okay. for an episode that is about somebody winning a once in a lifetime, one in a million shot chance contest. Not once in this entire episode. Does it feel unreal? It never yeah. becomes unbelievable. The stakes are real. Um, the the you actually want Hank to win because he's gonna do something like smart with his money. He's not just gonna go tally ho it to the money bin and buy himself a fucking helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like okay, I can save up and send my kid to college. That makes a lot of sense. It's also yeah. very Hank that you get to like okay, he's gonna build a giant Alamo beer can and and potentially do this himself. And then when he doesn't win, you genuinely feel bad that the character didn't get to jump the shark because you kind of wanted him to do it. Mm-hmm. So I love that that this episode is so believable for such an unbelievable premise that is done to death in a lot of other stuff. You know, the Simpsons have done, okay, you've, you've won a once in a lifetime trip. They do that like three times a season. Oh, yeah. The Simpsons are going to Africa. The Simpsons are going to Japan. The Simpsons are going to Delaware. Yeah. Uh like, And and it's very easy to phone it in. I feel like Bob's Burgers has definitely done that more than a few times of, oh, shit, even just like the first two seasons. Oh, you're going to be you're going to be a hostage in the middle of a bank robbery situation and you're going to befriend the bank robber. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's totally going to make sense. We're going to send you in to be the guy. No, not once is that believable. It's entertaining, but it's not believable. So, yeah. Yeah, I I just that's my last pro and 
it just encapsulates how much I love this show and how much it means to me because it doesn't treat me like I'm a child that doesn't know better. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some of your pros, man. I, once again, I'm, I'm just, I'm talking so much about this beautiful, beautiful episode. Johnny, you listened to my head explode when I thought that Boomhauer was Rockadillo. Please, I am glad that you can be happy about this. Like, yeah, no, not at all, man. Um, So, I, again, I didn't take a lot of notes. I have this episode pretty much frame for frame in my brain. And, like, but I got a couple pros here. Because, again, you can't list the whole damn episode because otherwise right. we're just going to watch list the whole damn episode. Um, Number one, uh, Dale double fisting beer cans. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Followed closely. Well, I guess this should have come before it, but I did it wrong. But please have another beer. I love I, that. Every, literally, uh, listeners, every single time for the last probably 10 years that I have gone drinking with the man I'm, t- I'm speaking with right now, that line has made its way in every single time. Every I think we time. overused it last time. Like uh, two we weeks ago, we did. overused the hell out of it. Like we probably did, but I don't care because I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> hell yeah! Like, um, I really, really oh. appreciate the beer can building montage. I, it's just it's neat. I like. We know that Hank is crafty and stuff, but we don't really see Hank get to do his little projects. We just know no. that he does them, but he's doing it. Like he's taking it apart, or you know, he's taking the stuff apart. He's spray painting it. Like he's putting care and effort into this deal. I yeah. wish that. But to that end, I wish that we could have seen Hank try and fail a little bit more with the throwing. He just right. kind of builds the beer can, and then suddenly, bam, he's perfect at it. I I wish we could have had, like, a little bit of a Rocky montage where, like, he starts in the morning, goes to bed at night, kind of shaking about, like, I'm not throwing very straight here, maybe I'm an idiot. And then first thing in the morning, he sees that Blue Jay about to shit on Peggy's car and pops that fucker. <laughs> that's, and that's then, the like, that's how he, like... See. I also, yes, I, we do not condone animal cruelty, but I will watch a Blue Jay getting hit with the football. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, he was fine though, so it's okay. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Bill speaking Creole in the bait shop or whatever it is. I love that. I think that's a great little bit. I love Peggy absolutely failing at Spanish. <laughs> yep. And then Bill just like pop it in and, oh, wait, he can totally do it. Cool. <laughs> And then, um, finally, um, uh, Gilbert, this muggy November weather gives me the horribles. <laughs> I say this X gives me the horribles all the time. It's like a catchphrase and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I think you're the only person in existence and now are like swath of listeners who, if they ever meet me in real life and I say, it, will be like, Oh, that's what he means. But yeah, yep. I, I love that line. I love that catchphrase. Um, also, we kind of messed up a little bit, and we said we were going to get to them when we get to them. Johnny, who are our um, guest stars in the Garden of Beautiful Women? Oh, yeah. I mean, we haven't really messed up yet. We still got time. We haven't even dumped into favorite moments yet. Uh, so, Lily Rose and Violetta Dotrieve are all voiced by the Dixie Chicks. Uh, the Dixie Chicks were a, I don't know if they still are, honestly, uh, they're a country music group of three semi-attractive kind of attractive women uh, that got into a lot of hot water because they don't like war. And so a bunch of conservatives that usually really like all sorts of country music absolutely despise the Dixie Chicks because they came out against George Bush and the war against Iraq. So yeah, they were really big at one point. 
and now I don't know if they're still around, to be honest, but Aww. hey, they're here in our hearts. Wow. So they won 13 Grammys, including five for their 2007's Taking the Long Way Home. Okay. Um, and this is all off their Wikipedia page. Um, Not Ready to Make Nice received a Grammy Award for Record of the Year. And okay. by July of 2020, they had sold 33 million albums. Okay, so still very successful. I uh, yeah. respectfully retract my statement that they kind of faded off into non-existence. Guys, I don't listen to country music in America. Like, it's just not my thing. If it's on, I, I just tend to change the station because it's not my preference. But, hey, good for you. Uh, you will always and, live in my hearts as as the Dotrieves, so. Yeah. And I stopped listening to country music post 9-11, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the only other named character here that we haven't talked about is arguably the uh, greatest actress of all time, at least in my lifetime and probably the last hundred years, wouldn't you say, Mark? Are you talking about the first woman of the American stage, uh, Helen Keller? I am not. I am not talking. I'm I'm talking about Tante May, Mark. Oh, the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> um, it is Meryl Streep, everybody. Meryl Streep does a voice for King of the Hill in one of uh, her most iconic roles. Iconic roles. I think so, yeah. Like, she kills it <laughs> It's iconic it to... to me. No, but, like, she kills it. Like, you know, okay. I'm going to get horned up for a second, if I may. I feel like sometimes, especially with, like, Simpsons, especially in later episodes, you lose the thread on who the guest star is. It's either the episode focuses on the guest star, and that's all it is, is, hey, let's suck this person's animation dick, and they're just them, and they're being stupid or whatever. Or, like, you have something like this, where this woman, she just puts her goddamn ankles in it, and she does so good. That little thing about they are strings on a hop stretched far too taut. It's, yeah. It's insane. She's great. She, oh, God, just her alone. She does work. But then, like, <laughs> dude, I'm amazed at just, and not to, like, get off on a tangent here, but I'm amazed at the quality of, like, performance from just even, like, um, uh, oh my god, help me out. Not not Golden Richards. John, help me. Dandy Don. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, what's his name? Um, I am amazed at the quality of work out of Dandy Don. He's like, he's charismatic. A, a, a goddamn football player is charismatic on a cartoon. And it's insane to me, like, in the best way. And the Dixie Chicks are fantastic. And we've already talked about, like, how great David Herman is. Because David Herman might be, like, the best voice actor of our age. I'm I'm almost like a thousand percent sure at this point. No, I, but... I would I would argue with you there, or I would argue with you if anybody tried to fight us on that. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> that was a stupid way to say that, but yeah, I love you. You Herman. you would pick up the accordion and you would play against my ham boning. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. No, um, this is just that. Just the voice acting alone is a colossal pro for me because they absolutely... try. You know that Meryl Streep went home and read this script and blocked it out and beat it out. And she's like, okay, this is how we're doing this. This is how we're doing this. I bet I can get a funny bit here about Todd. Like, when she's when she sits Bill down and asks him, were you here to tend the vine or were you just playing in the garden? Like, yep. that makes me feel bad about myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It crushes it. 
it is it is so interesting. I honestly think that she has done she's done more in this episode with the maybe maybe 20 lines that she has that you know granted he's been doing it for 30 plus years but more than dan castellanetta has done for homer simpson in the last season of the simpsons yeah like, and i'm not also not hating on simpsons like you try to no. be funny for 30 years i'm still trying to like i'm trying to be funny what this is our 33rd episode or something i'm trying yeah. to be funny 33 episodes in and i feel the strain like <laughs> well and and I'm not saying that they were never, he was never this funny either. Like this, this is shades of early Simpsons. Like you were saying, this is not uh, Machine Gun Kelly showing up to do Machine Gun Kelly. This is, mm-hmm. uh, this is a Mr. Bergstrom episode where you don't know who the famous person is until the end of the end of the episode. Yeah. And it doesn't act anything like them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a, this is a very, very cool special episode and it is bolstered by its guest stars so uniquely and so well that holy crap man just so which is good. what guest stars should do like yeah okay so i know that man who shot kane scredeberg was is one of your favorites yeah but like if you took green day out and replaced them with any insert band here or even if green day wasn't in it it wouldn't change the quality of the episode it'd still be no. a really really great episode but if yeah. you took meryl streep out of this it would destroy it it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be nearly as good i bet it'd be all right but it wouldn't be as good i would agree yeah um anything else any more pros sorry i went off on a thing no there. No, it's it's a good, it's a good way to go. Uh, no, I don't have any more pros. We I don't also also don't have any retro rage in this. I probably could have found something if I looked, but I'm I'm with you, Mark. I just watched the episode. I've seen it about a hundred times. I will continue to watch it and probably watch it a hundred more in my lifetime because it's yeah. my all time favorite. Yeah. Um, um. Do you have any cons? No cons. Not one. I have one. I have one con. Okay. Um, when they get to the, uh, Louisiana Superdome or whatever the hell it's called, um, Hank triple parks like a real dickhead in that van. (laughs) Okay. It's a stupid animation bit, but I feel like we took the time to animate the Gossamer sheet entwining the Dixie chicks. We took the time to animate Luann's epic boobage. We took the time to animate, (laughs) you know, Hank building the friggin' beer can. You could make Hank Hill park in the goddamn lines, not, you know, horizontally across three spaces. That's literally all I've got. I also, I had another one, and it was the ham-boning scene, but you kind of brought me around to it. I just think it's a weird scene. I don't get it, but whatever. I'm not into, I, I also don't <laughs> like Zydeco, so maybe ham-boning is a big damn deal down south. I don't I don't know. Honestly, it's not even I a just, con, it's just. I just imagine it's it's a bunch of weird Louisiana Southerners, like, getting drunk and sitting around in their parlor while one person entertains them. And that's kind of what I took it as, and I have yeah. to remind myself of stuff like that. We just don't do that here in Colorado. I'm assuming, and you know what? I've never been to Louisiana, but if I go there and I don't see somebody just like ham boning in the middle of a of a like a street to try and street perform, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> I've always wanted to eat uh, fried dough in the most corrupt city in the planet, Mark. <laughs> this this episode made me weirdly hungry too, because I'm like, I've never had fried dough or a tefei. Let's. That, that, that tears it. Dangle Podcast is taking a field trip. Let's go, guys. Oh, man. We can go there right after we go to Texas, man. Like, it's not that far. And then you and I will die of the arterial sclerosis. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, Mark, you want to get into some favorite moments? 
Um, yeah, I'd love to because I only have two because once again, I cannot list every single moment on here. Okay. And I bet I bet they're both of yours too. Or I, I, bet I, I know one yours. of them for sure is. Which one is it? Both of them. That's it. You nailed it. <laughs> I love that look. I love how like Peggy is trying to be mean to Bill and Bill is not having that shit. He ain't hearing it and he, he got it. Good for it you, is, Bill. I love that face. Bill's not absolute, a pant load. Like. <laughs> no, it is the absolute best end to an episode. And Mark, if I ever find the owner of that cell... I will offer them an obscene amount of money because it's something you need to own. <laughs> no, man, that needs to be in a fucking museum. <laughs> It'll be the museum of Mark. It belongs in a museum. Um, um, and then finally, my other one is give me that. No. <laughs> I, I love that. I love the Bobby scream. I love what an idiot Bobby is. He gets a little annoying in this episode, but not bad. It's just, it's Bobby being Bobby. But holy shit, I love... No! I, so we did not touch on Bobby being a dandy this entire episode, and I'm Let's okay with it. Let's do it. Let's it. do it real quick. Let's I do mean, it real quick. I mean, we can. Uh, really, I mean, what is there to touch on? It's absolute perfect perfection from Bobby because it fits him to be a dandy so damn well. Yeah. That it's like, oh, okay, this is so natural that I don't even have to talk about it. It's just like, it's a perfect Bobby episode because anytime he's there, he's used awesomely. He just sits there and completely assimilates into Cajun culture, which is very mm-hmm. on point for him. Like, we, I, guys, it, there's no reason to talk about it. You just need to go and watch him. This go is a better yeah. Bobby than Don't You Touch My Purse. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. One of the top Bobby moments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about um, you, buddy? What are your favorites? So you already hit one of them. Uh, okay. You hit two of them because both of them is definitely on mine. Uh, Bill totally owning Peggy unintentionally with his Cajun is mm-hmm. every time I watch it, it makes me feel so happy. I'm like, that's the that's the little flame in my heart going, Peggy? If you were not so shitty to Bill all the time, maybe you could find this out about him. Yeah. Like, this is on you, not him. This is for you for being a dickhead. And I love that she just gets totally owned. And I'm going to put favorite moment here anytime Gilbert speaks. Yeah. Literally every line of Gilbert has. Every line. Yeah. Uh, It's, yeah. Um, Every line from his... um, uh, I'm more familiar with sinners than saints, and sinners always look good. I, it's oh god, it's too damn much. It's too much, man. I just love it. I love it so damn much. Okay, uh, we you got to give me a rating system because we got to rate this because now we're like almost an hour in on one episode. It's fine because I bet you Happy Thanksgiving takes us ten minutes to do so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so our rating system breaks down like this. At the very bottom of the barrel, we're going to do this like football teams. And uh, this might be divisive, it might be controversial, but hey man, that's what we're here for is to stir up some attitudes and make some blood <laughs> hot because it'll give our listeners the horribles. So at the very, very bottom of our rating system, you have charcoal. Essentially, that is the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders. It's shit, they suck, they've never been good. That's it, that's about it. Um, above Substitute that, also for the Cleveland Browns, just saying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I figured, like, calling the Browns the, like, shit level was t- too easy of a joke. Uh, you know what? I like your, uh, I like Raiders instead because I would actually enjoy watching the Browns, and you're not supposed to enjoy watching a Charcoal episode. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, that actually leads me well into my next point. Um, our Megalo tier is the Cleveland Browns. They're not good, but you can sit down and watch it, and you're not completely <laughs> miserable. Respectfully um, above... retracted. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, above that is the uh, is our um, butane. Butane is a bastard gas. It's a bastard episode, and this is a bastard team. That's right, Johnny. I'm going with the Denver Broncos, where there might be Ooh. some good stuff in there, but you know what? They haven't really ever been that good except for one time ever. And hey, you can still sit there and watch the game, but you come away from it, and you're kind of disappointed, or you're like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally attacked, Mark. Johnny, when was last time Denver had a good season and don't say Peyton Manning in 2000, whatever the hell that was? It was 20 Because that was five years ago. Let it go. Let it go. Just I, Before that, it was 15 years before that. So there you go. That's, that, that's my point, buddy. That's my point. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, about Char King, Mark? Who's our Char King team? <laughs> well, Char King is going to be a little tough for me. Um, because I'm going to say it's the Green Bay Packers because you know what? They're just good to watch. It's fun to see. You love them, but God damn it. They're just not Super Bowl quality because how do you lose in a playoff game to a team that throws three fucking interceptions? I don't know, but that's why you don't get the blue flame of valor there. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there I said it, but Hey, you still <laughs> love them. And at the end of the day, you're really, really glad to watch it. And finally our, uh, king of, or our, our tippity top. The, the best there is, the best there was, the best that could ever be episodes are Blue Flames of Valor. The episode that you could show to anybody with zero context for the, the, the show, and in this case, the sport. Well, I'm going to go give that to the electric offense of the Buffalo Bills and the O.J. Simpson in 1980-whatever. No, I'm kidding. I don't <laughs> like football. Our Blue Flame of Valor is going outside and reading a fucking book. That's the Blue Flame of Valor. <laughs> I was going to say literally any other sport, please. Our blue flame of valor is watching a, um, a Wayne Gretzky hockey highlight reel. That's all oh. you need to know. Hey, hey, there you go. That's that's a legit blue flame right there. <laughs> but you know what? You can watch Wayne Gretzky be amazing and not even know what the fuck hockey is. Yes. So on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, and just as a reminder, that is Oakland Raiders to Wayne Gretzky highlight reel. Johnny, and I already know your answer, but what is or what are you giving? A beer can named Desire. Uh, I am giving it a blue flame. It's Wayne Gretzky all the way. Uh, this right. is my all. I've said it like three times already. It's my all-time favorite episode. This is a top three episode of King of the Hill in general, and it's arguably a top five episode in animated television history. I'm going to put this up there with things like uh, uh, Parasites Lost in Futurama. Um, mm-hmm. Um, uh, this, any of the Mars Simpsons, versus the monorail. Uh, Mar- yeah. I was gonna say any of the Simpsons Halloween specials from the first four years. Okay. Um, like it, this, this goes up there with like the weird fever dream that is the first season of Bob's burgers. That's just beef squash. <laughs> like exactly beef squash or, or yeah, like this is, it's up there in top five all time. I, I will put bye bye greasy against- from home movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would put this up there against any South Park episode. I would put this up there against any, just about any Simpsons episode. You're not going to find hardly anything that's going to make you laugh harder, make you feel more, and really just get you interested in a show more than this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Mark? I, dude, it's easy. We already called it Blue Flame. Like It's double Blue Flame, guys. 
a double blue flame. We need a, this is the, what the rainbow jacket of majesty or whatever the hell it is. Like, yes. If, if two, if two char kings come together to make an imperial, well, two blue flames come together to make a something that we have yet to determine. Cause I bet this doesn't really happen again that often if ever, but yeah, no, um, zero context for this show. If you are coming into it for the first time, this might be one of the first episodes that I ever watched and don't really remember watching, but was into it. Like, Right. I, you know what? I don't like football. I like football, but like, I don't care about it really. And you know what? I care about this one. I don't know who the hell Don Meredith is, but this episode makes me like him. Um, <laughs> if I bought you a dandy Don Jersey, you would wear it. I would. I really, really would. And then I could be a dandy too. Just like this episode. It's a dandy. So double blue flames from Johnny and I, and without saying any more, we have successfully thrown the ball through the hole. We won the million dollars, but we're going to put it in a trust fund so we can't ruin Bobby for another 18 years. Let's uh, let's move on over to a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, let's. let's Because uh, we got to do something here. Otherwise, this is going to be a beast of an episode. Um, <laughs> we are at episode 67, Happy Thanksgiving. Original air date of November 21, 1999. I love it when holiday episodes actually line up where they're supposed to. Because I'm pretty sure this is like yes. three or four days before Hank- Thanksgiving. <laughs> I almost called it Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, you mean Mark- Thanksgiving? Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this is written by the Allens. Our good friends, the, the Allens. Allens, are back. Um, we have a cast of characters. It's just about everybody in this episode. Everybody in the alley. Hank, Peggy, mm-hmm. and Bobby Hill. Luann Platter. Dale and Nancy Gribble. Even Joseph's in there at some point. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we've got Boomhauer, Bildo, Treve, Conmin, Soup and Zeusimphone. We've got Connie, even though she's not credited in the freaking wiki. That's a huge surprise. John Redcorn. We have a cameo by a really weird looking and bizarre Maddie Platter. Yeah. <laughs> Goth Platter. Yeah, I had that as a note. Yeah. I don't I don't care for Maddie Platter in any episode that she's in. I would much rather have Tilly Hill, but hey. Okay, okay. Uh, even with her all her weird PTSD shtick. Uh, so our synopsis, Mark, Hank and the family find themselves stranded at the airport trying to make it to Montana for Thanksgiving. I don't know if I really need to go into much more because they never leave. They never get to Montana. They stay at yeah. the airport the whole episode. Yeah. And then oh. 10 years after this episode airs, they will remake it in Tom Hanks's The Terminal. But yeah. Yes, exactly. So I don't think it was our, 10 years, but yeah. For our A story, I mean, really, I mean, the story is around everybody. Everybody gets their time to shine in this, but we'll just say the A story is Hank, Peggy, Bobby, Luann, the, the main family, all that sort of stuff. But everybody else gets their little bit, even Boomhauer. Like he's got a mm-hmm. little bit of an arc. Uh, let's see here. Boy, does he. <laughs> you want to get into some notes? Uh, yeah, sure. Number one, I want a smoker so goddamn bad. Oh my God. And <laughs> this episode, um, last year, my lady and I took our, we took, when we, uh, let me just try this again. I, I have now put down a pot of coffee and I'm a little bit wiry. I don't know if it's worse being coffee. I don't know what's worse being coffeeed up or like half cock drunk. I think they're equally the same sides of horrible, but I don't know which one makes a better episode and we're going to figure it out. We get some weird energy when you and I are on coffee up. That's for damn sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, sorry. Anyway, um, about a year ago, uh, we took a trip to, uh, Grand Junction and we were derping around in the mall and I found an electric smoker in their Bass Pro Shop for like $150 and I kick myself almost every single day that I didn't buy it but my biggest limiting factor is I live in an apartment and I can't be smoking up the whole goddamn building just for delicious delicious turkey it's so true. first note is oh my god I need a smoker um 
Um, so another note, it's not a con because I can't fault it for when they wrote this because who can see the future? It's sure shooting ain't Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, but like... Please tell me you're talking about the turkey scene. Uh, sort of, kind of, but it's it's the joke about the four-hour window from Hank. Okay. And they're like talking shit about how it's dumb to get to the airport four hours early. And man... Yeah. I, I've just come back from a lot of traveling and we were at every single airport four hours early. Like, yeah, you have to, God, it doesn't matter if it's a tiny little airport or if it's a giant freaking international one, you have to. Yeah. Like, ugh, I hate, I hate this. I hate the reality of our situation right now. And I'm going to come out and say it. The TSA needs to be abolished. Cause what the fuck do they do except for piss you off? Like, okay. Anyway, that's my rage for the moment. It just didn't sure. land. Um, another note that I have, and we already kind of hit it, is Maddie Platter. Um, she's wearing, like, black lipstick. Yeah. And that was really weird. And I wonder why they made that choice. And I'm kind of starting to come around to this point where, like, sometimes in King of the Hill, the animation just doesn't make sense. And bills are made to be broken. We saw the single frame of the uh, Simpsons person in the background. And then they're right. back to human color. Um, the fire chief being... Oompa Loompa Trump orange, whatever. Just there, there's these little things and I don't know if they're intentional or if they're not, but I definitely took notice of it. Um, I like Peggy a lot in this episode and maybe this should be a pro, but I really, really like Peggy in this episode. I think she's funny. I like her getting pissed off at Hank. I get really irritated at Hank's trying to always do the right thing. And finally, okay. my final note is fuck that dumpy looking, sad, droopy dog faced family. I hope they die in the <laughs> rain from pneumonia. God. <laughs> and I, this is coming from a dude who will let the person in front of me on the plane, like, Get their bag out, take their time, or stow it up in the bin. You get situated. We're all going to the same place, and 30 seconds is not going to matter, but I hate that family. All right, Johnny, notes. Go for it. Not a problem, bud. Um, so I just I have a couple personal notes here, or at least one specifically. Uh, Mark, I've never seen the movie Home Alone. Hey, I haven't either. Listeners, Josh and I talk about this. He loves them, and I've never seen them. Maybe yeah. you and I need to watch them together, Johnny. I mean, we can, but I, I've definitely tried to recapture that nostalgia with another, like, beloved movie from that era, and it did not work, because I do not give two shits about the Goonies. And I tried watching it when I was in college for the first time, so it's just like, <sighs> I don't know. I have a feeling I would hate this. Like, I'm not going to see this. This is why I love you. See this. I, I love you, because I hate the fucking Goonies. <laughs> My wife loves it. I just... I. I just don't care for it. Like it does it. I, I don't have nostalgia for it. We, we've talked, my wife and I've talked about that many times. If you don't have nostalgia for something, it doesn't hit quite as hard. Mm -hmm. And so like you know, things, things in my childhood just hit differently. She doesn't give two shits about the, the Transformers movie from like 1984. And I absolutely love it. I bought it on freaking Blu-ray in a steel book. Like it, there's no, there's no reason for me to love this crappy movie that was built to, or just made to, have me buy toys, but I love it because I've got a it's lot okay. of history with it. That's okay. So, yeah. But yeah, I've never seen Home Alone. I, a lot of people think that's really weird. Um, apparently Hoyt can cook. Like that's something that's brought up now and then never comes back up again. Where but, Peggy's like, well, if, if my brother had made it, then she would be licking the bowl. And I'm like, oh God, Peggy. Do you think it's Hoyt can cook or do you think that it's Peggy being jealous of Hoyt? Like if... 
Hoyt, it could be anything. If Hoyt was teaching Spanish, my mom would fly down to watch the lectures kind of thing. Right. Like, is she, or maybe he can, he, well, okay, he doesn't, but he, whatever, we don't know that he doesn't yet, but like, hell, if he's on the oil rig, I'm sure that they take turns swapping, like, cooking duties, so maybe it could be a totally plausible thing, I don't know. I don't know, it just, it seemed, whatever she, she said that he cooked, it was, I don't, it was something that wasn't Brown Betty, and that's what made me think, like, oh, there's, there's a story behind this where he made something, and she, uh, she got totally shit on, and he got all the praise for it, but, um, but Peggy's yeah. also a shit cook. We know that. Like, it's it's true. I mean, she's got her Peggy and meatballs, but clearly she doesn't add uh, enough nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> no um, more burnt hands. <laughs> um, Mark, how yes. weird is uh, the turkey just getting the shit blown up on the middle of the tarmac for you? <laughs> like after nine eleven, that makes it feel so weird. But then, like, so I know that there are airplane hijackings that happen all the time. Like, especially in the 70s, airplane hijacking was a huge fucking problem. Yeah. But up until then, we just never fucking flown one into a couple buildings, or two into two buildings. So, like, it's just, this is such a weird dystopian episode. This is, like, alternate timeline episode for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, that's that's, that's what I got for notes. Um, You mind if I jump into my pros here? Do it up, buddy. Uh, I think that uh, I think it's really interesting that there's really fun traditions that are just never going to die. There are things that we have as Americans that, even though they've got a very troubled and checkered past, we will continue to do them and find the good in them. And I think Thanksgiving is one of them. Um, okay. I love that that Hank gets a little offended and he's like, I, I don't, I don't want to tell anybody else, but I'll tell you guys in the alley. They wanted to take us to a restaurant. <laughs> and I understand it. Like, I genuinely do. I don't like spending a whole hell of a lot of time around my family. Like, extended family, I guess. I love my family. Like, yeah. But, uh, so I, I understand that. Like, if my mom insisted that, okay, well, I don't want to cook. And because of that, I'm not even going to offer the rest of you. We're just going to go out and eat. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't like that. I will cook. I will cook so we still have this experience. I'm planning on still doing Thanksgiving after I move. And I'm in a completely different country. Because it is, well, one, it's my favorite holiday. And so this, this episode hits a little different because of that. But like, yeah, I just, I love that those, those sorts of traditions are, are never really going to die. And Hank is a very good vessel for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Hank's attitude with his bags. Oh, (laughs) he's a, yeah. Uh, so no, I, I always get a chuckle out of Hank insisting at the TSA guy. Well, I had my back turned for a minute. It was, it was definitely more than just this. Somebody really could have messed with it. He's such a rule follower and it's a con for you, but it's a plus for me. Like, I think it's hilarious. It adds more. It's not a con. It's just, God, it's, we get it. Okay. Oh my God. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's. Yeah. But all of it. But all of it. And then oh, I got propane. They don't have fucking propane in Montana. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, that is obnoxious, but it's a very Hank thing to do. It's also like him to have a little tiny, like, cooker thing and that he just needs to carry with him everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think that this is the wrong side of that. In um, Three Days of the Condo, he has the wee baby, like, WD-40 to get out his bigger (laughs) WD-40 that he packed in the bathroom supplies, and I feel like that's plausible. But with this, like, so that turkey's already smoked, why is he bringing the propane tank anyway? 
Yeah, it, it just it's true. I don't know. That's that's a stick point for me, but okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give my personal MVP for the character in uh, in this show that just made me laugh the most. Every time she's on, I love Luann. <laughs> I love Luann. I love her laughing fit when she's talking about the picture that she had to take for her junior college ID because Brittany mm-hmm. Murphy just like devolving into laughing fits will never not be funny and adorable to me. I love that she wants to get an application for the Mile High Club. Like, <laughs> she's fantastic. I love her in this episode. Um, I really like that Khan shows up three hours after Hank, insults them, and then is genuine with a, oh yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've got one more pro here. I love watching Bill totally eat shit into the puddle when he's <laughs> chasing after them in the rain. And Mark, his stupid, stupid pork pie hat is back. I like that he gets all duded up to pick up his uncle. That's kind of weird. <laughs> right? But like his stupid pork pie hat is back, and usually that's a sign of a good episode. <laughs> But I don't know. I think the pork pie hats and is like a, a harbinger of doom because like he was wearing it in a <laughs> Escape from Party Island and that yeah. was kind of wonky. Like I don't know. <laughs> well, that part of Bill was uh, was a fair, that part of that episode was really rough, but the rest of that episode is pure gold. We've already discussed this. This is also true. Okay, okay, and I I, <laughs> I see <laughs> your point. Okay. Oh, <laughs> trace some new pros, bud. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take a drink for our patron lord and savior, Rockadillo. <laughs> Listeners, go listen to Escape from Party Island. It's like my favorite episode that we've done. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you already hit one of my pros. It's Hank going. Now we've all got the giggles. <laughs> I just yep. <laughs> um, I, I laughed kind of way too hard at um Khan working over at the Chinese food restaurant. Hi, <laughs> assistant manager. I filling in. Crazy. That's Crazy totally day, a Khan huh? thing. That's the biggest Khan thing I've ever seen Khan do before, and I think that was hilarious. Uh-huh. I thought that was great. Um, Boomhauer's nut joke. So, okay, so let's talk about Boomhauer's arc a little bit really quick, because we said that even Boomhauer gets his arc. Yeah. So. Boomhauer's going to go see Mama Boomhauer, which I think is very sweet. We've talked before. We love their relationship. Um, they, Bebo, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he the their flight gets delayed, and he takes the two stewardesses for a dang old layover, man, tell you what. And that's great. Right? And then uh, they turn out to be, they're what, Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They're born again. Born again, yeah, they're born again Christians, so he doesn't get anything. But he goes, dang old, got these nuts, man. And... Boy, Boomhauer didn't get his nut off, so he took it out in vengeance from the airline with the gigantic sack of peanuts afterward. I swear, it looks like a 20-pound bag of peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Like, you know that he got mad. He's like, well, I got blue balls. I'm stealing something. <laughs> Try and stop me. <laughs> uh, how about you, man? What you got? Oh, also one more pro. <laughs> you expect me to eat this salad. <laughs> It's salad. Oh, God. Yeah. I have I have said that. Like, 
well, why don't you eat a salad? Okay, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. My hunger is a roaring lion. We need to shoot it in the face with, you know, a 308 at point blank range, not plink it in the balls with a BB gun. Come on now. You're just going (laughs) to piss my hunger off, not satisfy it. Thanks. Thanksgiving's going to have to go on with a one-legged turkey. (laughs) Um, So for cons, you're going to have to tell me, because I know ultimately what happens to Hoyt, but was he ever on the oil rig or is this just all screwy again? I think he is. I think he's been on there. I see. I don't remember the episode you're referencing. I think it's the one with him and Lucky, like being DJs together, but yes. I also am willing to, I don't know. I, I, cause I need to get to that episode and then we can talk about it when we get there, but that's like a year in the future for Daniel podcast. But it like, is. I, I don't know. I really do think Hoyt's on an oil rig. I like the idea that Hoyt's on an oil rig. It gives all of this, like, um, context for time. Or not context for time. It's like, it gives it, like, time is of the essence, and I like that. Right. They have to get in the plane. They have to get to Montana. Luann hasn't seen her daddy in how long. Like, I like, I like it. Even if he's not, I still right. like it. We're going to have to put a pin in this then until you, until you uh, get to the point where you remember where he actually is because there's no way he could have been in Thanksgiving. That's why I'm yeah. all screwed up with it. But um, we already hit on Maddie Platter being weird as shit. I don't, I personally don't like Peggy's dishonesty in this episode. I think it's, uh, it's really crappy and it's just a, a foil to make Hank angrier. And you okay. don't like, you can get enough of that without her being shitty to him without her saying, okay. well, I heard it over at the TWA desk. No, you didn't. And he's already going to continue to get mad because you can do that with airline people. <laughs> but Johnny, what so, happens when I get to three? He doesn't know. <laughs> um, and the only other con I've got in here is an animation note that when Khan is looking at them, he talks about how he, he uh, upgraded to the honeymoon suite. If you look at his gloves, his gloves have uh-huh. fingernails on them. Ew. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're completely black, but you can see the outline of fingernails. It was like, oh, okay, well, somebody clearly didn't color their cell dark enough. That's uh, that's pretty lame, but okay. Hope somebody got fired for that blunder. I, shit, so do I. Um, give me some cons, buddy, and then I'll jump into some retro rage. Yeah, sure. Um, We've talked before. I don't understand the, the physics, whatever you want to call it, of John Redcorn and Nancy. So, <laughs> Dale... Okay, how does this break down? Um, Nancy, John Redcorn is going to do something. He's going to Arizona, I think, or something. And then, yeah. da- and then Nancy goes, I should see him to the gate, Shug. Okay, cool. So we know that they're going to go get a quickie somewhere. All right, fine, right. whatever. And then hours later, they're still fucking in the back of the SUV, and I don't get it. It's kind of like, and I forget the name of the episode. Oh, um... Oh, what is it? I always forget this one where Peggy finds out about um, Redcorn and Nancy. I can't think of the yeah. name, and I always forget about Red it. Corn. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I had the note, so what? Dale leaves at 8 in the morning. Redcorn rolls up, and they just smash for eight hours consecutively? Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe John Redcorn has, like, mystical Indian powers that I am unaware of. Maybe John Redcorn is Apache chief, and he looks at his penis and goes, e nay chuck and just he can go for forever. I don't know. I don't care. I get really sick of it. The Redcorn Nancy bit is only funny when it's subtle, and at this point, they're waving it in my face. His big yeah. old Tonkawa penis is waving in my face. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't really like it. Um, 
why can't Hank just make that fucking turkey in Montana? Yeah. It's okay. So it's like a 12 hour cook, but if they would have gotten there on time, he would have been the only thing that I think would stop it is like the Maddie doesn't have a smoker and maybe right. that's what it is. But like the, just the physics of this or the, the politics of this episode. And like, he's bringing a Turkey with him. Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. No part of that makes any sense to me. And it really just kind of like, it really just puts a huge, it's it's a big turn in the punch bowl for me, honestly. Like, yeah. and I get it. It's Hank has to have this goddamn turkey. It's so fucking important. But like, what's the over under on how long that turkey is going to be viable and good anyway? It's cooked meat that you're not refrigerating. Like, exactly. you're going to hold it in your lap for a four-hour flight. It's been sitting in the airport for a day now. And then they dynamite it. Thank God they dynamited it because you know what is a giant con for Thanksgiving, Johnny? It's fucking botulism from Turkey. Like, <laughs> Hey, he's so, from smokiness yeah. and, and uh, uh, juiciness. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just... No, I don't know. And it's I guess a legitimate I, gripe. I've also thought about that because at the bare minimum, if Hank got done smoking his turkey, immediately threw it into um into the box and then they jumped right into the car to go to the, the uh go to the airport. At mm-hmm. minimum, they don't get on the plane for another twenty four hours. Well even if the even if it all went to plan, like they'd get on the plane and maybe it'd be like what, eight to, we could call it eight to ten hours? That the yeah. turkey'd be there, so maybe? Yeah. Unless he insulated the box, but I don't think he did. I mean, Hank might have, but... Yeah. Hang on just a sec. I'm looking something up, because now I'm curious. Yeah. So, according to MyRecipes.com, it takes 30 to 40 minutes of smoking per pound. So it would take okay. 10 to 12 hours to do a 20-pound turkey. We can just assume that that turkey's 20 pounds. So, yeah. yeah, 10 to 12 hours, like, I don't know. It's weird. And I get it. We have to have it. It has to be the point. Like, that's the whole everything. Yeah. And I guess, I, I guess, I guess, like, um, backdoor pro, Hank puking in the in the barf bag when they blow it up, that's kind of funny, I guess. And it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and then... So can we talk about Matt, Maddie Platter really quick? Because I know you really don't. Lo- Let's talk about the Platter women super quick. Because I, I I really just want to touch on this. You're mad at yeah. Peggy. I like Peggy. You hate Maddie Platter, and I'm indifferent to her. So starting with Peggy's mom, I like Peggy's mom, and I remember uh, Mono. I thought that was a good little bit. Okay. I liked her being there. I liked the flashbacks. I like her being there to like kind of help Peggy through it. But in this one, like, she's fine. She's just there. But I definitely don't hate her as much as you do. I I think she just doesn't care about her daughter's shitty brown Betty more than anything. Like, because okay. she knows it's going to be gross and it's this big fucking deal for Peggy. But I, I don't know. So th- there's that one. But yeah, there's that. Yeah. My issue with Maddie Platter is that I don't like this version of her. I like final form Maddie Platter. Weird Montana ranch lesbian? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. I think she's a more developed character. I mean, obviously we get to see a full episode of her instead of like two to three 30 second vignettes. But mm-hmm. I, I think she's a more fleshed out character. She's still a dick to Peggy, but she's got legitimate reason to be dick with, to, to be, to be a dick with Peggy, at least legit for her. And mm-hmm. so when I am reminded that they started with this idea of Maddie and then eventually got to a better character, it just irritates me to see the half formed one. Okay. 
Cool. So and really, they, okay. like, there's not a lot that Maddie Platter could do to fix it at this point. It's just right. we're playing a waiting game. Yeah. Okay. That's I was. I just wanted to touch that. And now, like, I really like Peggy in this episode. You really don't. I think her lying to Hank is is kind of crucial. She knows this man. She's been with Hank for whatever twenty two right. years, whatever she says, twenty eight years. She knows that like the only way that they're going to move that there any luck at all is to lie to the man and say no. I heard the gate agent say it. I think that this okay. is a very Peggy episode in the right kind of ways, but that's that's just me. I don't know. Okay. Anything else? Any final thoughts or favorite? We just, I don't know. Anything else to say before we kick into f- favorite moments? Sure. Uh, well, I've, I've got one retro reference rage, and it's that Hank call. Wow, Hank calls uh, Maddie Platter on a payphone, <laughs> and payphones don't exist, and they definitely don't exist in the airport anymore, and they were everywhere in airports in the nineties. Yeah. But hey, man, getting on a flight, getting to the airport 20 minutes before your flight doesn't exist anymore either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> that's the only retro rage I have for this. There's probably some more there too, but yeah, not too bad. Um, okay. Let's get to some favorite moments, man. Yeah. You start. I. This is a weird one for me. Well, Mark, uh, the day before Thanksgiving is, in my opinion, one of the busiest travel days of the year, just like the day after Thanksgiving is, in my opinion, one of the busiest shopping days of the year. <laughs> We've now come full circle. Yep. It's been a whole year, and now here we are. It has been a whole year. I love it. Um, I absolutely adore Dale in this episode because he is oblivious, yes, and yet his weird oral fixation and need to smoke everywhere leads him to one of his best lines admiral admiral lady admiral admiral (laughs) you're not an admiral or no you're not sorry and i'm not an admiral (laughs) i just i love him so much and then um hey mark i have a very important question for you okay do your people celebrate thanksgiving we did once <laughs> every time that is a hell of a deadpan man those are what is i that, got what, what, what you got is that a, is that an okay joke to make like honest because the man is voiced by a native american yes yes it is okay i just i i don't know like i don't know whatever i because like i got hung up a little bit with like Hey, the Asian dude can walk into the Asian restaurant and start cooking there, like, and nobody says anything, and he just goes, "I ah, district manager," and it's like that's kind of weird, right? But then I'm like, "No, you're reading too much into it." But then too with John Redcorn, like, and I guess we're gonna get this what next year for their Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. So it's been the maybe choice. maybe it's 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 fine. It's cool. Whatever. I'm being I'm being too worryful about offending no, people 20 like, years in the past i don't know so this is this is a legit question to ask and i have never asked a native american person if they like this representation but if i had to guess i like it because it it shows this show does not make a caricature of john redcorn without actually paying it back in some way shape mm-hmm. or form yes you get Wimatanye and spirit bags and being really shitty in the first few seasons, but that leads up to, okay, Dale's going to help you get your land back, and you just got fleeced by trying to do your own uh, um, reservation casino, and, like, you actually get to see some of the struggles of Native American people, and it's voiced by a Native American actor, and he actually makes you feel 
feel like you you want to support people. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I I would love to talk to a Native American person about his representation on this show and see if it's if they treat it the same way that like most Indian people hate Apu in The Simpsons. I'm really curious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I barring going down holes that neither one of us are qualified to discuss. Yeah, right. But anyway, that's why I don't see this as being problematic because I know that they're going to, they treat him pretty damn well through the rest of this series. He's not just a one and done character after Nancy gets done with him. He still continues to show up and he still has stakes. So I, at least I'm looking at this through a whole picture. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's cool. I just, just a thought, like, no, no, I know we started this episode being a little rough with like, how, you know, he knew Golden Richards because he was a wide receiver, but not the tight end, whatever. But I don't know. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything else to say? Favorite moments, I guess. Yeah, well, those were my favorite moments, man. What you oh, got that's it. I don't know. I don't really have any. I don't. There's bits. I like there's some bits that stand out. I like uh, Dale giving Joseph a roll of quarter size slugs. I think that's funny. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Like, I, I okay, no, um, Bobby, Bobby on the mad dash to to go get some cookies is kind of funny, and yep. like we ne- we don't see Bobby run. Bobby can't fucking run, but if there's cookies involved, oh baby, there he goes. Yep, yep. Um, that's all I got. Final thoughts, or you want to rate her? No, let's. Uh, I'll give her a rating, man. Um, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame, I gave Happy Thanksgiving a char king. Really? Okay. Yeah, I love Thanksgiving episodes. I think this show does them particularly well. This is the lesser of their Thanksgiving episodes, I think, but I still really like it. There's a lot of funny stuff in here. Um, this this shows it's it's pretty indicative of a feel good episode without jamming it down your throat too damn much. I genuinely feel bad for them that the, every everybody gets shafted at the end, but. You know, it is what it okay. is. Now, it is definitely okay. cheesy where they have the, the Thanksgiving pizza and we're all here together. And yeah, that's <laughs> definitely totally cornball. But it's, yeah. it's jerking for me. I really I like this episode. I never skip it. OK, cool. All right. What about you, man? Um, this one's a bad one for me. I feel like I had fond memories of this episode until I watched it this time. OK. And. It just, it didn't hit as hard or as good for me. Um, Hank's an idiot. Peggy is, Peggy's fine. I'm willing to, like, let Peggy have a pass. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's not, I don't know. It, what, what do we, what do we call it? Um, Bu, Bu, Bu King, maybe? Okay. I, I can't decide if it's a Char King or a Butane of Valor or whatever the hell it is. I forget I, what Mark our cute ratings are sometimes. But you I don't want to give it a butane because I I don't I don't really because when this pops up in my queue again I don't think I'm gonna watch it I bet I skip this one because I don't care like then that's definitely uh, not a bu king not bu but it's got some good bits not bu king but like I don't I forget how we break our cute ratings down <laughs> I forget Honestly, this man, stupid you dumb word because megalotane that's the one I wanted thank you fuck me <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's a megalotane it's not that good I. I don't like it. Bill is goddamn obnoxious. We just saw some real growth in Bill getting laid, and now he's back to being full pant load. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't really like this one, and I bet I do skip it. I'm giving her, I'm giving her a uh, megalotane. It's going to be a megalotane for me. Fair. 
fair. Yeah. Hey, it's it's okay to be uh, to not be uh, all the same on every episode, Mark. And hell, we knew the last episode we were going to be the same on. I'm kind of glad that we got to spice it up a little bit with this. Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm kind of glad that I'm not like Dick Cat for King of the Hill right now because. God, for a while there was getting pretty bleak, and I absolutely loved it, and I thought it was a show worth saving. <laughs> and that makes this podcast not fun to listen to. It's true. Well, uh, yeah, I got I got one question for you there, Johnny. Oh, uh, go for it, Mark. Do you still like King of the Hill? Hey, Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you? I still really love King of the Hill. Um, I'm kind of bummed that, like, the high of beer can named desire is compounded with this one. Cause we both love beer can so much. And yeah, I think we only spent about 15 minutes on this one, but that's ah, fine. <laughs> that's okay. You uh, want to tell the good people where they can find us there, Johnny? I would absolutely love to. So the good people of internet and podcast land can find us on Twitter at dangle podcast. They can find us on Gmail at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. They can also find us on our relatively new, but kind of not new, Instagram at dangolepodcast. Big shocker there. They can find me on Twitter at krautballstream. Kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in it kind of sounds like scream, but it's got some good to How about you, Mother? really proud of you for that one <laughs> uh, you can find me at marky stardust on twitter and you can find me at our sister podcast the two wizards podcast where me and my buddy josh talk about a variety of weird shit and um i think that's about it thank you for listening guys we love you all everyone if you agree with us if you disagree is john redcorn more problematic than apu well you let us know go to those places that johnny talked about and uh, we'd be more than happy to engage you in civil conversation, and then I'll block you if you disagree with me. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You have a great day. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>